Good morning, everyone. It's really great to see you guys here on this Christmas Sunday. Um, I think that, uh, like Garen was saying a few moments ago, um, really proud to be the pastor of this church. You, when he was talking about tithing, you guys have been so faithful out of the year. Um, God often does great things through small things, and our church is uh, definitely fits in that category of small and, I think, great at the same time. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught it, but I, one of the things that just happened. Did you see that cat that was just walking across the back there during the service? I thought, oh, he's over there too. He's listening to the sermon. I, I think it's so great. You know, just one of the marks of our church. We have live animals walking around during our service. How many churches can say that, right? Um, really cool. So uh, we're here on Christmas Sunday, and I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. And let's go ahead and stand now for the reading of God's word as you turn there. Very familiar passage to so many of us, uh, the Christmas story. Matthew writes this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray together. Uh, it is a divine privilege, Lord, to be here uh, in your city to declare your truth, the light, to declare a message that you are with us, that uh, your son has saved us from our sins. And this is very much a, a message that we need to be reminded of and a lost and broken and sinful city needs to hear. And so whether we are here today uh, in person, online, or even maybe listening from these windows, uh, may your name be lifted up. May Jesus, uh, may we be reminded of our need for a supernatural Jesus in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, you can have a seat. Thank you. Uh, Lorraine came home this past Thursday. And she went to small group. I know some of you were there at the Thursday night small group in the Winchies. And uh, she just, she was so excited about what she learned there that night. I, I think Nathan gave a devotional uh, about the supernatural reality of Christmas and how uh, God works in supernatural ways in our personal lives. And as she was sharing that, I thought, you know what, that's what the Christmas message should be about. I was actually going to speak on something different, but when she talked to me on Thursday night about the supernatural aspect 
of what Nathan was sharing, I thought, you know, I'm going to take my own riff on the supernatural element of Christmas. And so the title of this message is Super Unslash Natural Christmas. Super Unslash Natural Christmas. There's unnatural things to it, and there's supernatural things to Christmas. I think we can all agree at this point in 2021 that most people, most people look at Christmas and they have a sense that they've lost the supernatural during this Christmas season. We don't really see it, many of us, in a supernatural way. Certainly not the way that uh, Joseph and Mary experienced it, anything close to that. There's a supernatural element to the passage that we just read, the announcement by an angel that Mary would carry the Savior, uh, that she, he, he would be born of a virgin birth, the Holy Spirit conceiving him in Mary's womb. There's a supernatural element to this. There's a supernatural element to the Christmas story about how uh, he would save us from our sins. There's a supernatural element that uh, through Jesus, God would be with us. Throughout the Christmas story, certainly in the passage that we read, there's a supernatural element to the Christmas story and the birth of Jesus. Today in 2021, we've lost that sense of the supernatural. You've seen it. You know it. It's nothing new that happened in 2021. It's been going on for a very long time. Uh, we listen to these songs, these Christmas songs uh, on the radio or on Spotify or whatever it is that you listen to. Nobody mentions Jesus anymore. I mean, there's some traditional songs that we sing here on Christmas Sunday, and you hear sometimes these songs, but a lot of the Christmas songs that are heard today have nothing to do with Jesus. They have to do with the holiday season. Uh, we mostly celebrate Christmas simply by giving gifts to each other. It's not even our birthday. It's Jesus's birthday, and yet we give gifts to each other on someone else's birthday, which it's okay to give gifts, but, um, but you know, you hear these people say, you know, I couldn't have a Christmas. I couldn't give my kids a Christmas because I couldn't buy all these gifts for them. Certainly, Santa has taken the place of Jesus. Uh, a lot of people dread the Christmas holidays because they feel, oh, it just means I'm going to be so busy. All of these parties, all of these preparations, Christmas cards, things to make, presents to buy. And they end up dreading this entire season. We've lost the supernatural. We don't even call it Christmas anymore. We say happy holidays. I saw someone post on social media the other day, and there was just in front of the sign that said, Mary, kiss me. We've had a dialogue for a long time of the unnaturalness, the unsupernaturalness of Christmas, where we have all these Christmas alternatives, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus for the rest of us. I remember having a conversation with some other pastors uh, maybe about 10 years ago. I, I wasn't even listening. I was kind of just eavesdropping on their conversation. They were talking in front of me. And these two pastors were talking there, and this is how the conversation went. It was around Christmas season, and these are pastors. And they said, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do about Christmas this year. Because that, in that particular year, Christmas, the actual December 25th, fell on a Sunday morning. And so these pastors were debating 
whether they were going to have a church gathering on Christmas morning. They're saying, yeah, I don't know if we should do it. Families want to do their gift openings. They want to do, we, you know, maybe we'll do it on Saturday. We won't even gather on Christmas Sunday. And that was just this watershed moment for me. We've lost the supernatural element of Christmas. The issue with all of this, however, is not that we've lost the supernatural element to celebrating the Christmas holiday. The real issue is that for many of us, we've lost hope in a supernatural Savior. We've lost hope in a supernatural Savior. And we're just reminded of that during this Christmas holiday. There's a lot that we need to be saved from. What do you need to be saved from today? What's really on your mind? Say, I need to be saved from this thing in my life. How would you answer that? I need to be saved from blank. How would you fill that in? What do you need to be saved from? A lot of people would say, I need to be saved from COVID. I need to be saved from a culture of hatred in our political discourse. I need to be saved from all this uh, racial hatred. I need to be saved from the degradation of the environment. I need to be saved from acts of domestic terrorism when people go into schools and blow each other away. Other people would say, I need to be saved from my consuming fear, my anxiety. My world seems to be collapsing around me. You know, we live in a time where people are just, they, they, don't, they don't know, they can't even tell what's right or wrong, what's reality, what's not. This new movie, Matrix Resurrections, Matrix 4, that's coming out in a few weeks, is really going to capitalize kind of the cultural ethos that's happening today, where they're asking the question in this movie, what is real? And, and we, we go to movies like that, and we, whether they're prequels or sequels, that really redefine uh, the heroes that we thought we knew, the villains that we thought we knew, the villains become more sympathetic than we thought before. And the heroes, we start to question their real motives from before. We don't even know what's real anymore. And we're caught in these lies of the world we need to be saved from. The Christmas message, the Christmas story, and what we see in Matthew in our passage today is what we really primarily need to be saved through. It's not all of that. What we really need to be saved from is our own personal evil. What we really need to be saved from is the lie of the world. What we really need to be saved from is the satanic forces that are alive at work in the world. What we really need to be saved from is God's judgment and God's wrath that is upon our life. This is why Jesus Christ came into this world. That is what we need to be saved from. This is a Super unslash natural Christmas. Many people don't look at the Christmas holiday in a supernatural way, but it's really saying that they don't see a savior in a supernatural way. And Christmas just happens to bring that out of us. You have a need for the supernatural. I have a need for the supernatural. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, that God has put a supernatural desire in your heart. He's put eternity in your heart to seek after an eternal God, to want to live eternally. You have a supernatural need that's been placed within you. The Bible says in Psalm 31 that God works within us supernaturally 
And because we see his supernatural work in our lives, we end up blessing and declaring his glory. The Bible says in Psalm 78 that when we lose sight of the supernatural in our lives, we start to rebel against God. We start to look for life and the supernatural in our idols. So what we want to do this morning is we want to be reminded of our supernatural belief in Jesus. And we're going to look at two things from this passage is uh, from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. Number one, we're going to look at our need for a supernatural birth in our Savior, belief in a supernatural birth of our Savior. And number two, we're going to look at our need for super, a supernatural salvation from our Savior. Supernatural belief in his birth, supernatural belief and trust in his salvation. So in our passage, number one, we need to be reminded this Christmas that Jesus came into this world supernaturally. His supernatural birth matters because it is only someone who is born supernaturally that can offer you and I a supernatural rebirth spiritually. In verse 18, it says that the birth of Jesus Christ took place Verse 18, it says that uh, the Holy Spirit, he, Mary was, was with child. She was found to be child from the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 again. It says in verse 20 that an angel had actually declared to Joseph in a dream saying that Mary would carry Jesus, the baby Jesus, and what was conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What we have in verse 18, what we have in verse 20 is a supernatural pronouncement of a supernatural birth. We have a supernatural pronouncement by an angel. We have a supernatural conception by the Holy Spirit, verse 18 and verse 20. The predictions of the Old Testament saints that went into the birth of Jesus were supernatural prophecies. The person of the Holy Spirit that conceived Jesus in Mary's womb was a supernatural spirit. The pronouncement by the angel of Jesus' coming was from a supernatural being. The Old Testament saints predicted Jesus' birth. Some of them predicted his birth 700 years before um, his coming. The prophet Micah in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, 700 years before Jesus was born, predicted that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. 700 years by the prophet Micah. The prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born, predicted in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that Jesus would be born of a virgin. He also predicted in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, that um, the Savior would be born as a child. 950 years before Jesus was born, David predicted in Psalm chapter uh, 72, verse 9 through 11, 
seven, uh, 950 years, David predicted before Jesus was born that he would be born to a people, that there would be a people in a desert area that would come visit Jesus. And that was the shepherds and the wise men. It's hard to predict the future. Nobody in September of 2019 could have predicted that the next two years, what the next two years would have looked like in the world for COVID. We all would have been wrong. You hear all, you heard all this talk this year about how uh, the stock market would, would just skyrocket in the end and cryptocurrencies would skyrocket in the end. All these people were so confident at left and right. And then the thing crashes. These people who devote their entire lives to this thing got it completely wrong. And, uh, The future is very hard to predict, even for the best of us, isn't it? These people predicted Jesus' birth supernaturally, hundreds and hundreds of years before. There's a mathematician who did all his calculations. And he said, you know what? There's like maybe 300 prophecies that were made about Jesus in the Old Testament, somewhere depending on how you look at it. Some people say more or less. But he said that, you know, if we were just to take eight Eight major prophecies related to Jesus, not 300, not 400. What would be the odds that just eight of them would have been fulfilled in one single individual like they were fulfilled in Jesus? And he did all these mathematical calculations and and he basically said this, the chances of just eight prophecies being fulfilled in Jesus in one person are one in 100 quadrillion. That's one times 10 to the 17th power. And he said, it's like taking the entire state of Texas, filling it with silver dollars, two feet high, painting one red and saying, pick one. And you're getting it right. Now, you may have known that, but I did the math. I did some math beyond that. And I said, well, what would that look like for us here? And I did the math and I said, what would it look like if we just took this parking lot here at Gems and we filled it up with silver dollars? What would one in 100 quadrillion look like if we were to fill it up with silver dollars? And I did the math. I figured out that if we were just to take this parking lot here, fill it with silver dollars, we'd have to fill, it'd have to go up to the planet Mars. Mars is 224 million miles away. If you were to take this parking lot, fill it with silver dollars, it'd have to go to Mars. And then you paint one red, and then you choose the right one. And that's the odds of eight prophecies being fulfilled in one individual, as it was with Christ. It's a mathematical impossibility. There is a supernatural prophecy. There is a supernatural pronouncement with Jesus. There was no supernatural prophecy. There was no supernatural pronouncement with Buddha, with Muhammad, with Elon Musk, with Taylor Swift, with Satoshi Nakamoto. There was no pronouncement by an angel among all of those people. And yet there was with Jesus. There was with Jesus. Because he was God. And he was man. You you have to be reminded this Christmas season that who we worship, who we believe in came into this world supernaturally by prophecy, by proclamation, by conception, 
If you're here and you believe that you need to be born again in spirit, that the old man, the old woman inside of you needs to be replaced by the new man, the new woman through the gospel. You don't need therapy. You don't need medication. You need a spiritual rebirth. And the only way that comes is from someone who was supernaturally born of God. And that's who we believe in as Christians. Jesus came into this world not only through a supernatural birth, but he signifies a supernatural salvation. A supernatural salvation. If you look in verse 21 in our passage, Matthew says that Mary will bear a son and his name will be called Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. And if you skip on down to verse 23, it says, Mary, the virgin, shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus offers a supernatural salvation because he saves us from our sins, verse 21, and he brings us into union with God. God is with us through our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus saves us from our sins. And to understand how far away we have gotten from that, we have to understand two things. What would it have meant to be saved from their sins? What, What would the original people have understood the idea of salvation? What would they have understood in terms of sin? And number two, what is our current understanding? Of salvation. What is our current understanding of sin in our world? When the Bible says that we are saved from sin, uh, it is portraying a Savior who came to save Israel. And he came to save Israel from Rome, he came to save Israel from their own evil. And Israel was waiting for a savior. And when they would have thought about what they needed to be saved from, they would have thought, you know what? We have evil in us. They would have thought there's a demonic realm. They would have thought there's a fallen Roman world that's oppressing us. They would have thought we have all these thousands of years of history of our people where God has judged us. He's declared his wrath upon us. He's disciplined us. He's punished us. Some people have died and gone to Sheol, the abode of the dead. And they would have known that they need to be saved from all of that. Today, if you say, what do you need to be saved from? Most people don't look at it that way. What we have today is people say, what I truly need to be saved from is an unfulfilled life. What I need to be saved from is living a life where I'm not true to myself. I'm not true to my own vision of my life. I'm not true to my true identity. That's what I've got to be saved from. 
When people today, when you say, what do you need, how do you need to be saved? Most people don't say, I need, to, I need a savior and his name is Jesus. What they say is, I need to find my salvation through meditation, medication, and mitigating the situation. I need to meditate away my problems. I need to medicate away my problems. I need to mitigate and try and solve my own problems outside of God. And there's a big difference between what the Bible's talking about in terms of being saved from our sins and how we in the 21st century define what we need to be saved from. When the Bible says sins, Israel would have thought, I know that I have violated God's law. I have iniquity. I have transgression. Sin has stained my soul. It's an evil burden upon me. It's a debt to God I can't repay. The New Testament writers would have said that sin dwells within me. But today, in our 21st century context, we don't even call sin, sin. We call it brokenness. We call it shortcomings. We call it our weaknesses. We call it our areas of growth. We call it our personal flaws. We call it our trauma-induced behavior from our past victimization that's been done to us. We don't call sin, sin. And yet, Jesus came into this world supernaturally, through a supernatural birth, to offer a supernatural deliverance from sin, through a supernatural salvation on the cross. And it's very important for you to realize that. Because the, the Christmas holiday getting drowned out by the world's language, the world's traditions during this holiday season, it's not really the issue of what has happened to the Christmas holiday. The issue is that people have forgotten the supernatural event of Christmas. They have forgotten that if you are here and you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, and you are saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is God with me, that Jesus Christ offers me salvation from my sin, that Jesus Christ is God. If you believe that, you are in the vast minority of people out there today. Most people who are walking around with more money than you have, who are better looking than you are, who have more power than you are, who have more social media followers than you do, do not believe that. And we are here as Christians getting caught up, so many of us, man, you know, I just, what's wrong with my life? I don't have this. I don't have that. I should be further along. I, you know, I, I, I'm just, the anxiety of the world, it's so great. And those things matter to a degree. But we forget, and what, this is why we're here to be reminded of, is that if you believe in Jesus, 
the people who have all that uh, will end up without God. And that puts you in the great minority right now. And you need to be reminded of that this morning. As all the busyness of the Christmas season happens, you need to thank God and say, God, thank you that you have plucked me, you've chosen me, you predestined me, you elected me, you brought me to yourself. As I, I see the chaos that is going on in our world today, as I see the, the, the busyness of Christmas and just Jesus completely getting left behind in all of this, it's not so much symptomatic of a holiday that I just need to survive. It's not just symptomatic of a world that doesn't say Jesus on their Christmas cards anymore. It's really symptomatic of where people's hearts are today in a post-Christian world that we live in. And what you want to do, you guys, is you want to walk away from this service declaring, no, you know, I, I believe, I still believe. I still believe in the supernatural origins of who God is. Still believe that I need a supernatural God in my life. I still believe that a supernatural God is needed to save me. Do you believe that? Let's not get lost in the unsupernatural this Christmas. And for just this moment that we're here, let's be reminded and say, God, thank you for being my supernatural God in my life. And, I, and you'll be changed. We have a, a candle that we're going to close with the service with. And I want you to pull that out. I want us to stand together. We're going to form a circle. We normally do this at our Christmas Eve service. Uh, we're not going to have one this year, so we're going to do it right now, even though it's daylight. But hey, the light of the world would be great. Uh, because even though it's light out here, it's very dark spiritually. And so uh, I want you to grab your candle. I want you to form a circle. We're going to call up the worship team. We're going to come on up. And as they play... We're going to start it with the, uh, the candle that uh, is in the center here for Christ, the light of the world during the Advent candle. I'm going to pass this around. And I want you to think as this goes around, as we close in worship and our time together, um, and just pr- make it your prayer. Say, Lord, remind me of your supernatural presence in my life.
Maybe your prayer this morning. Lord, um, I, I need I need the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that conceived Jesus miraculously. Um, I need to dedicate this area of my life to the Holy Spirit to do a new work in me, to rebirth an area of my life that has gone dead. To bring out of nothing life, what would that be in your life this morning? What area of your life do you need to surrender to the same Holy Spirit that brought life out of nothing of Mary's womb? Just lift that up to God. Maybe you're here and you, you need to say, Lord, um, thank you for my salvation from my sin. I was once a sinner. Through Christ, I'm now a saint. But, oh, Lord, I, I know, you know, the sin in my own heart. And uh, help me to overcome, Lord. Help me to to live a life that's honoring to you. You want to lift that up to the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me. Save me from this area. Or maybe you're here today and you need to be reminded that God is your Emmanuel. He is with you. He is with you in your struggle, in your anxiety, in your stress. He is with you as you face your health issues. He is with you as you face thoughts of your own mortality. Um, God is with you and he will not forsake you. You need to just be reminded of that. Or maybe God has shown himself faithful to you by being with you through a very difficult time. And let's take a moment as we look at this flame to be reminded of those things. Lord, as we look at this flame, we are reminded that Jesus is the light of the world and his light has come into our lives. Even though it is bright now, it is dark because we live in a dark world and it's symbolic that we hold this single light in front of our heart because Jesus lives there. Even if you're here today, and the Lord seems distant, surrender your heart to him. And just pray. I want everyone to close your eyes right now and just pray, Lord, just pray along with me. Just, Lord, do a supernatural work in my heart. Lord, supernaturally mature me and grow me in the ways of Jesus Christ supernaturally, Lord, forgive me. And I want to turn over this area of life that have been so difficult for me. And maybe I don't even believe it's possible, but Lord, it, all things are possible with you. 
And Lord, uh, would you supernaturally show yourself to me um, as one who is with me? And we thank you, Jesus. We declare your name and the uh, celebration of your birth supernaturally into this world. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go ahead and close in worship.